Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast today. My guest is Sarah Renee. She is a medium, a mentor, and an author based in California. How are you doing today, Sarah? Hey, Brad. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey here with me and the Empowerography community. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you here. I know we've been trying to connect and get this together for a little bit, so it's nice to finally have you here. Yes. Thanks so much for inviting me to be on. I love I love your show and what you're doing and you know, empowering women. So I'm glad that we finally got it worked out. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So Sarah, let's jump right in. So as I mentioned, you are a world-renowned spiritual medium. You are a best-selling author. You are the founder and CEO of Sarah Renee Incorporated, an ordained minister, and a mentor. (laughs) That is one hell of a resume. (laughs) A lot of things. (laughs) That's right. That's, That's a mouthful. Can you tell us, for those that don't know, what a spiritual medium does? Yeah. So essentially a medium, right, is someone who has the ability to connect with the other side, you know, being mainly the afterlife. So most mediums, you know, like you see on TV, we specialize in bringing through people who have passed away and are now in the afterlife. You know, we can also bring through different guides or angels or kind of higher realm, you know, beings as well. Okay. So what are the differences then between a psychic medium and a spiritual medium? They are essentially the same thing. Okay. And then within that kind of underneath those, you have mental medium, evidential medium, you know, physical medium, which really just breaks down how we all receive our messages. But, you know, medium as a whole means you bring through messages from, from people who have passed away. And so, you know, from souls who've passed away or like, Or new souls, you know, that haven't been born yet. That's something. Oh, wow. Really? A lot. New cells. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. That's really fun. It's kind of nice to be on that, you know, life, uh, new life and death. Yeah. um, You know, circular. And you're, you're able to do that or can people with these, whether it be psychic or why do people then, if they're essentially the same thing, why I'm, I'm curious as to why people use different terms than if it's essentially the same thing. Well, I think it's all really preference. I find okay. that medium has a lot of, you know, more stereotypes around it. And I think okay. that's why a lot of us like break out of that, but uh, okay. it's, you know, and, and then also for clarification, all mediums are psychic. Okay. Not all psychics are medium. <laughs> <laughs> so like psychic is basically somebody who can read maybe your energy, you know, like an empath or... Mm-hmm 
who can touch an object and read the object's energy or okay. who can look at a situation and, you know, perhaps see the future or see the energy of that person, but they don't connect with a higher source. Like they're not. Right. See, to me, when I hear the term psychic, I think immediately someone who can see the future. That's the first thing that comes oh, to mind mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And that's like what most people say. So I, I, I know when I, shifted from calling myself a psychic medium to a spiritual medium like my work didn't change nothing changed but it was more to clarify hey i specialize in bringing people's loved ones through right okay and i enjoy that personally i just enjoy that more right i mean i definitely give my clients like you know psychic advice you know Mm -hmm. on relationships and career and life path and all of that. The way that I work is, you know, a lot of times my guides, like I'm channeling the whole time anyway, like my guides, you know, are angels. They're the ones giving the guidance Okay. versus me just reading the future, so to speak. Well, thank you for clarifying that because I've always wondered that. So (laughs) thank you. This is an an educational chat as well. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) Sarah, how old were you when you discovered you had the gift of being a spiritual medium? Gosh, you know, when I was little, I definitely had abilities. I don't think I realized that I had abilities, but I, I would see my early years, we lived in a place that now looking back, I would say probably had some, you know, dark spirits around because I I couldn't sleep alone. I would constantly see things in my room and have like night terrors, like to the point of feeling like something was killing me. And um, yeah, it was really traumatic. That's intense. (laughs) For me as a kid. And then, um, and I just didn't understand how come nobody, like how come my parents couldn't see Uh the things that I thought were trying to kill me. And then when I was five, my grandmother, my mom's mom, who had lived with us for a little bit, she passed away from cancer. And my mom received the call in the middle of the night. And, you know, my poor mom, like, they were so close. So she was just, you know, and destroyed her trauma. I mean, you know, like, obviously, and little five-year-old me was like at three o'clock in the morning like you have to take me to go see her Mm because she's not gonna leave until I go talk to her so finally I convinced her to take me to the hospital (laughs) you know and she's like I'm gonna traumatize my kid now (laughs) like yeah like you know I'm gonna take her in the middle of the night to see her grandmother's dead body like what am I doing but I would not I was relentless and and I remember sitting on the end of the hospital bed and having a conversation with my grandmother wow and I remember her telling me like I wouldn't see her but that she would still be there and she was okay and she had been in a wheelchair and I you know saw her walk off and so I knew and so as soon as I said goodbye like I knew it was going to be fine and everything was fine and I just got up off the bed and I was like we can go now you know, grandma's fine. <laughs> was this was this a conversation out loud though, or just in your head? That was in my head. Okay. And then I, you know, and then I told my mom, you know, that it was okay and grandma was fine and yeah. you know, and we could go. And but like, you know, her and, and the nurses, like, you know, from their perspective, I was just sitting on the bed, you know, kind of looking and, and you know, maybe like whispering slightly, you know, right. to my grandmother's body. Yeah. <laughs> so that was probably the first, you know, clue that that I really had 
you know, some, some abilities. <laughs> Amazing. Now I've spoken with a number of people who have these gifts or similar gifts. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that I have found that are common threads among the people are first, there's usually someone else in the family or that has similar or the same gifts. And secondly, they are usually discovered at a very young age. So does anyone else in your family have similar or the same gifts as you? Yeah, good question. Nobody does mediumship, you know, or or sees people who've passed. My dad always jokes that he has like an ESP type sense. Like he he knows when somebody's going to call him, like he gets feelings and that sort of thing. And my mom, you know, she she really, you know, she's pretty amazing at animal communication. Um, We always had dogs and she was always just very in tune with what they needed. And she, you know, was highly intuitive, Uh knew everything that I was doing all the time. Right. And you know, now she, (laughs) yeah, I I was a troublemaker and that didn't go so well, (laughs) but yeah, now she, she's kind of developed her abilities over the years too, which has been pretty cool. you know, to be a part of. And so now, you know, she can do like clearings of a house and and she can, like I said, she's like so highly intuitive. She doesn't do mediumship, but she's definitely gifted. Yeah. Now, a big part of the reason why I asked that last question is because Mm -hmm. I'm very curious if you had anyone to speak to really that you could relate to or that could relate to you on in terms of the things you were experiencing and going through, I mean, how did you bring this stuff up to discuss if you did discuss at all with your parents or your friends? I mean, did you have anyone to talk to about the things you were going through and experiencing? Yeah. You know, I really did not. I, well, like I said, when I was a kid, I was so afraid and my parents, you know, because it wasn't talked about then either. So I think they tried all sorts of things to get me to sleep in my room alone. Like they thought it was a more of a behavioral issue and a wild imagination, you know, than Uh anything else. And so when we moved, we, we moved homes when I was in second grade and I was able to sleep just fine, finally, but it was, it was really all of that time. I could not sleep by myself at all. Wow. And, but yeah, as soon as we moved, I was great. So was that house? mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So it's like whatever it was stayed in that house. And then yeah. I was totally fine. And, you know, and like little things like we'd go to Sedona because I grew up in Arizona and um, we'd go there all the time. And I'd like sit in the vortexes and be like, uh-huh. I have to talk to God now. Uh-huh. And I have to like talk to the coyotes now. <laughs> and like, <laughs> <laughs> so I think they just thought I was extra in tune. They always encouraged it. You know, they yeah. never re- told me that it wasn't real, right. which I appreciate. Okay you know, for sure, but I don't know that they fully understood. Right, right. Now, I, I can only imagine that must have been one hell of an internal struggle for you mm-hmm. to come to grips with and understand at a young age and realize the gifts you had, especially with not really having anyone to relate to or talk to fully and openly about it. Yeah, it was definitely, you know, I got I got really deep into drugs and alcohol you know, starting at age 12, it, it, you know, just attempting to, to be normal. And, Mm. you know, I always, my like self-esteem issues, you know, I think it would be easy to classify them as normal. And I definitely had the normal things, you know, that all teenagers, you know, go through, but 
I, I think the root of it for me was really that I felt so weird and okay, so yeah. different, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't, and then I would hide because I would know things about my friends that I shouldn't know. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the things where everybody could kind of joke around with like nobody, if I had a bad feeling, like everybody stayed home, like, <laughs> you know, everybody <laughs> knew that I was always right about certain things. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they really listened to me on, on a lot of that stuff, but some things were just really strange. And I learned that people get kind of uncomfortable when you, when you talk about things that you shouldn't know about. And so I'd like see somebody and I'd see like flashes of their trauma. And then, and I kind of had extreme empathy where I'd take on their stuff and not really know what was mine and what was theirs. And, you know, and I, I would know what was happening, like, you know, to a friend, like if they were like in a fight or being hurt or Uh had a drug overdose, like I would feel it in my body. Like, even though I had no idea mentally yeah you know what was happening did did you find yourself trying to suppress your gifts a lot yeah I think I you know it was funny I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday we were I had like two friends in middle school and we really we were kind of like all into kind of the spiritual stuff and you know like we would do meditations and Mm -hmm. and kind of play around with it and and then we we ended up in entirely different classes and with different like I got separated from them going into high school and so I got all new Mm. friends and and I felt like after that I really started to shut try to shut it down because I was like this just isn't like they're gonna think I'm a witch like everybody's gonna make fun of me like you know and so I really tried to you know smoke as much pot as possible drink as much alcohol as possible to try to dull it Mm -hmm. Mm yeah so when did you really embrace your gift then and start to use it to help people so it was it kind of came in doses for me you know or, or levels like it when I was 18 I had first I was trying to quit drinking and gotten off drugs and I went to a woman who is a medium and astrologer Uh and I just went to her for normal, like my clients come to me. I just wanted her to tell me what my life purpose was and to help me get on track. Like, (laughs) like just fix me. (laughs) And (laughs) she, you know, looked at my chart and and whatever, whatever the guides told her, I don't even really know, but she was like, you know, do you know that you're a medium? And and you have these abilities. And that was the first time somebody explained like who I was to right. me that where I felt so validated and it just all came together. And I was I'm like, wow, like, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not just weird. I, I don't have like a mental illness. Like this yeah. is like a gift, you yeah. know, too. And and it was funny at that time, that show with Patricia Arquette, the medium was yes. on TV and, mm-hmm. and she would solve murders. And yeah. I think getting out of the kind of druggy, you know, kind of bad kid life, I was like, oh, I'm going to go the total opposite way now. And I want to help law enforcement like solve murders. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a homicide that had taken place like in our kind of area. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And, and I just dove in without any kind of protection, without any kind of training. Like I was just like, Oh, I'm a medium. I can do this. And, (laughs) (laughs) 
it did not go well. It was very traumatizing. Like within a year, I would say of, of that reading and finding out I was a medium and embracing it, I shut it down again. <laughs> and, wow. you know, I was like, nope, not doing this. And it wasn't until, gosh, I was 24, 24, 25 when we moved out to San Diego and I did yoga teacher training and I, along that path, I'd still been meeting with this medium, you know, astrologer for life guidance and, you know, kind of learning just better how to manage it so that I didn't feel so drained, you know, just leaving the house. And so between her mentorship, you know, and, and spiritual work and trauma work and then yoga teacher training. And then I got sober and went through AA and it was kind of like all of that gave me these foundations where I could embrace my gift with, you know, with boundaries and and feel really safe with it. Do you believe that everyone has the ability within them to communicate with the other side and be a spiritual medium? And it's just a matter of whether they're able to, the individual is able to actually tap into or discover their abilities? I personally do not. I know some people do. What I do believe is that we all have intuition and that we all are, I, I believe that everyone can feel the other side and can experience the other side. I don't believe that everybody can do clear readings or factually bring other people through. And, you know, it's not so much of like, oh, I'm so special, you know, and and not everybody is. It's Mm -hmm. more of, I don't feel that everybody has that purpose. So I feel like, you know, when, when I work with people on developing their intuitive gifts, it's more focused on, well, what is your souls like life path and what do your gifts look like you know like I work with people in law enforcement who I would say have some mediumship abilities Mm -hmm. but would not call themselves medium even though they'll tell me that you know they saw the soul of a body you know whose homicide they were investigating point to a piece of evidence that ended up solving the case you know so it's so I think that but like they could not sit down and like bring through my grandmother. Right. Right. So everybody can connect and and everybody has like their, you know, their team with them and everybody can get signs, you know, from like their grandparent or their parent or sister or loved one who, who transitioned, but I don't feel like just anybody can develop clear mediumship, like to do reading, you know, because I don't feel like it's, if it's in your, if it's not like part of your purpose, Mm -hmm then then you're not going to like be pushed in that direction. Right. So when you sit down with a client, can you tell that whether or not they do have that gift, whether they can communicate with the other side? Usually, you know, usually, you know, people's guides or or their loved one will kind of give me some insight about okay. what what their gifts are or how, you know, how they're supposed to use them. Right. You know, and, and so, yeah, so, I mean, I don't go around like, oh, you're a medium, you're not a medium, no, no, you know, no, like, but, course, but yeah, course. I definitely will sense like, okay, so you're like, you like, you know, one of my clients came to me for anxiety mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, I want to learn like meditation or, mm-hmm. you know, some spiritual tools to help my anxiety because nothing's working. I've tried everything. Right. And what I saw was that she's being bombarded by spirit everywhere she goes. And so imagine if you're standing in the line at the grocery store and 
you have a hundred people talking to you all at once, yeah, you're going to feel a little anxious. Yes. And it's the same thing, except you can't see them. Right. Maybe. So right. like she couldn't see, she could feel that energy. Uh-huh. And so we worked together uh-huh. and in her case, she thought it was kind of cool. She didn't want to like become a medium. So we, we worked together and developed her gifts to a point where she could have parameters and boundaries and understanding. And she could, you know, tell a spirit to leave her alone right. or deliver a message, you know, here and there and basically just find a way to embrace it and manage it you know, without maybe devoting her whole life. Right. So let's, let's just say for the sake of her, I came to you and I said, Sarah, I would love a reading. Can Mm -hmm. we sit down? I want to contact so-and-so. And I, if I came out and asked Sarah, do you think, or can you see that I have these abilities could you sit, say, Brad, no, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, but you don't. Or Brad, <laughs> yes, you actually do. We just need to fine tune them and hone in on those gifts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I would ask your team, you know, like, okay, what gifts does Brad have you right. know, or okay. what is happening? And then, and then they would essentially tell me, oh, he can develop these mediumship gifts, you know, this okay. way, or, oh, he's a really great, you know, empath and has like accurate empath gifts and can develop Uh this you know so they would kind of give you know like like I have a lot of people with paranoid schizophrenia who come to me hoping that I'll tell them they're a medium where instead the work will focus on how do we get them the proper therapist and like a Uh proper treatment program where they're incorporating spirituality but they're also getting help for the the condition right as well okay can you walk us through your approach when you decide to start mentoring or teaching, working with a client on how to hone in and realize and start to craft those gifts and skills? Yeah. So my first, you know, beginner, beginner is, you know, starting a consistent meditation practice and bringing in, bringing in some, some really conscious connection with a person's what I refer to it as a spirit team, because to me, I see it as a combination of, you know, loved ones on the afterlife, guides, angels. So I just kind of, I call it a team to keep it all into one, one name. And so, you know, let's say you come to me and I'm like, oh, Brad, okay. You know, you have this, you know, person over there and you have Archangel Michael Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe like Buddha, let's say, (laughs) you know, so, and then you would say like, if something resonated for you or not, Right. And then what we would do is we would develop some personalized practices for you to start connecting with, you know, if you were like, okay, I really connect with Archangel Michael the most out of those. Right. Like, Great. Let's do some meditations. Like, and, and I would teach you practices to connect with him okay, so that you have some being, whether it's, you know, a grandparent or an angel or whoever, mm-hmm. but somebody that's helping protect you. Right. And then practicing keeping track of what you're feeling, what you're getting, whether it's dreams or a dead person is talking to you Uh or a feeling, all of them I approach the same way with like keeping track of it to track your accuracy, not in the sense of like, oh, I'm either really good at it or really not like with judgment, but more of like to determine what gifts of yours are the strongest. Right. How do they communicate with you so that you know, like, okay, let's hone in on this first. Right. Okay. That makes sense. You know, and real to really develop your gifts and how right. they work through you okay. rather than trying to 
learn mine. Right. Okay. Makes <laughs> you know, that's really how, because everybody has their way. Right. Right. That's unique for them. Okay. Now you've channeled for some celebrities and pretty big names. Can you tell us who some of those celebrities have been and what the experiences were like for you working with them and how, how did that come to be? working with celebrities and big names? Yeah. So, well, you know, I am based in California. Yeah. So um, I'm about three hours, depending on traffic, mm-hmm. south of LA. Mm-hmm. And so I'm up in Malibu a lot. So that was really, that's kind of been one intro, you know, into some celebrity clients. And then a lot of them, honestly, through social media, you know, and, and the, the ones that I'm allowed to name, because uh, yes, <laughs> I, I obviously yeah, no, honor anonymity, yeah. but like the, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who he's like, he's a celebrity to me because in, in kind of the spiritual development, self-help. Yeah, world. for sure. So his whole family, <laughs> we joke, uh-huh. like, I think I've read all of them, except maybe one or two. <laughs> <laughs> They all come to me and and they all share about me and, you know, all of that. So, and Serena Dyer, his daughter, she actually wrote the foreword for my book, The Blessings Book, because I sent it to her, you know, just for feedback. And she was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Can I write, you know, your foreword for you? Which was so amazing. And and we connected on Facebook, like, you know, right after he transitioned and and it was kind of funny because and I find this translates for a lot of celebrities when when somebody is so well known like and I was really excited when she first came to me because I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna get to bring through Dr. Wayne Dyer who's just a hero to me and I think I brought through like her grandmother or somebody first Uh and then he came through like last and what Uh I figured out with that pattern was with people who are so well known, usually a loved one who is not who the public doesn't know about will come through first right to help to help the person be able to trust the reading and and oh, like okay. she shares tons of mediums reached out to her she was like like hundreds claiming to have messages from her dad <laughs> that were just like things that they could have read about you know like she yeah. was like, okay, well, that's a nice thought but you know, it's all public knowledge. Yeah. And so that was able to kind of validate for her. And then, and then when he came through, you know, he was able to talk about things, you know, that nobody knows about, which was really special and validating what you do. Yeah. Validating what I do, validating that he was actually there for her so that she could actually, you know, receive those messages and take them in, you know, and, and yeah, her whole family has become amazing regulars and they talk about me in their new book and, you know, that's been amazing. And then they actually referred me to a family friend, Jules Weinstein, who was on the Real Housewives of New York. Okay. And she's been in, she's like, she started off with readings to connect with a friend who had passed. And then when her father was on hospice, she actually had me do a reading for him because he was, I wouldn't say afraid to die, but he felt like he wasn't ready. Yeah. And that was really, really one of the most special experiences of my career. I would say, you know, reading for somebody who was that close to transitioning and seeing all of his loved ones around him uh-huh. and being able to give him some peace 
for that moment and her some peace. And after that, you know, now she's become, she does, so she does my mentorship, you know, program, but not so much about like developing, you know, spiritual gifts, like as much as like spiritual tools, you know, for just improving her life, you know, as a whole. And, And so, you know, she's a regular and she's referred me, you know, to a bunch of people and that's been really fun, you know, as well. Um, and then I have like some screenwriters and actors and, you know, who will ask about like auditions, you know, and that, (laughs) yep, (laughs) that sort of thing. So that's really, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting, you know, because I, and I tell people like, nobody's, it doesn't matter how famous you are, you know, ever, we all lose people and go through things yes, and for sure. have the same grief. It's really interesting how I've really like kind of come to know how we all think that, you know, somebody who is, you know, maybe a billionaire is so much different than somebody who maybe just got out of jail or a single mom working three jobs and then a law enforcement officer, you know, and like, we think that we're all so separate and how I see them through my work is we all have the same losses. We all have different struggles, but, but you know, where, where we get those, you know, I guess like a level of grief or a level of like doubt or wondering, like, is there something helping me? Is there some, you know, or am I just alone in this human world? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, they're, they're human beings, just like everyone else. They deal with exactly. the same. It's just, they deal with things on a different level because they're of a different, I don't even know what the word would be to use, but and I don't want to say the word class because that's not the right word, but they're just mm-hmm. at a different level in their lives. But it doesn't mean they're not human, just like we are. Mm-hmm. But that, see, that speaks to the whole pop culture and celebrities being put on pedestals and which I think is ridiculous to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't understand that and the infatuation with celebrity and I think it's just too far gone. I think it's crazy. Yeah. And like most of that, at least my clients, like they don't want the pedestal, you know, like they're more artist types. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think there's, there's definitely some that like the pedestal, but oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> the more spiritual ones who are drawn to me are tend yeah. to be more artist like right. and have the same insecurities and, you know, fears uh-huh. that we all have. Yeah. As mentioned previously, you're, and I know you just mentioned it in a, in this previous, in the previous mm-hmm. question, but you're also a best-selling author. Can you tell us a bit about the book you've written and where people can find or purchase it? Yes. So I have, I wrote the blessings book and then there's also a blessings workbook that okay. can kind of, you know, be paired with it. And the, and the blessings book was really like a channeled, it was through my journaling and, and meditations and channeled writing these different prayers meditations mantras and you know visualization just kind of different exercises for like essentially daily things that anyone could be going through so Mm -hmm. there's like a chapter on you know healing trauma there's a chapter on addiction there's chapters on career or dealing with like a difficult boss or difficult person (laughs) you know or romantic relationships and then so spirit would essentially have me tune into like a like an energy of a struggle let's say or or a goal even and then they'd send through different affirmations like I said like mantras prayers and and they're all worded 
you know, I use like the words universe, angels, God, you know, all interchangeably so that they can all be modified for a person's faith, right. you know, whatever they they believe in. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of designed where you can even also just open it up to a random page and, you know, with the intention that it be what you need for the day. Okay. Um, and a lot of my clients use it that way. Ooh. And then, and then the workbook goes with it is just, it's actually different practices and that I taught and workshops that I found to be the most impactful for people. So I pulled the most impactful exercises from all of my gosh, it was like different like classes and courses over the like probably five years and Uh and compiled them in this book. And then in an order that kind of goes through and like cleanses you and then restores you and then connects you. And then the back half is a gratitude journal. Okay. It's customizable. Um, and then, and so you can find the link to both of those on my website. It's there on Amazon, but even on my website, there's a page where you can click the link and it'll take you to Amazon. Perfect. Well, we'll put the, we'll put the information in, in uh, the show notes for your episode when we publish Yay. it. So perfect. So you're also an ordained minister. What inspired you to become an ordained minister? You know, that was actually from another medium recommended that you know that I do that for I'm trying to think of the conversation we were chatting about me doing mediumship in a way that was very like kind of God and I don't mean I mean God more as like a presence or consciousness right than than a religious God based and how getting ordained you know, really helps, you know, incorporate that, you know, within it as well and, and kind of keep it, you know, really aligned with, with a higher consciousness. And, you know, and, and then from there, it's been fun to get to do, I've had clients have me do baptisms, you know, for, for their kids and blessings. And so, you know, I use it to do I do a lot of house blessings or blessings for office spaces and and that sort of thing. And so it, I find it, it helps do that. And, you know, and then I think too, like legally there's (laughs) on a totally logistical note, there's, you know, some, some reasons for that as well. Um, Yeah. So it just lines up kind of on all (laughs) like, it's very practical and logical. And then, but on the flip side of that, it really, I, I haven't done a wedding yet. I could, okay. which I think would be really cool. But mm-hmm. the baptism thing surprised me. And, and that was something that my <laughs> clients were asking for. And and that's been really fun. So <laughs> what excites or inspires or lights you up the most about the work you do, Sarah? You know, I would say the thing that really lights me up the most is like seeing the change in people, even over the phone, like their energy of when they arrive for a session and, you know, maybe they're overthinking things or, you know, like the heaviness can be there for all different reasons. Like maybe they're in pain, maybe it's grief, maybe they're just, yeah, like overthinking and stressed out about life. Like we all get sometimes. And then seeing them and feeling their energy at the end of a session just feels so much lighter and clearer and like, you know, if I can see them, if we're on zoom or something and I can see their face, like, like seeing the visible change in their appearance, like it's, it's like, I'll literally see somebody brighter and and their smile bigger. And, you know, like you can just really see the, the change and feel it. And then, 
you know, seeing that and receiving the emails and the messages that my clients send me of like how that transformed their life. Like that's what lights me up. Like seeing the power that a spiritual connection can literally transform somebody's life in unexplainable ways. You know, that's what really keeps me like, it keeps me so fascinated. It keeps me from getting bored because there's always a new way that it can impact people and, and it just blows my mind. It never gets yeah, boring. That, that's got to feel incredible when you get those messages from mm-hmm. people saying, you changed my life or you did this for me or I can't even imagine. Yeah, or like even, you know, I had I have atheists that come to me who lose somebody really close to them and mm-hmm. and they're atheists and, you know, and they're like, it's such a struggle because they're like, I don't believe in God. Like, I don't believe in heaven, but I can't, I I, I just can't believe that this person is gone either you know, and, and to help them reconcile that through like talking about energy and the energy Uh of a soul and, and to have them reach out to me, like I get signs, you know, from my dad or I get signs from this person and to see where they can have a spiritual connection without having to completely change their belief system. It's just like, it's so amazing. Yeah. I can only imagine. Mm To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? You know, I think my biggest win, I probably have two of them because I'm like the Dyer family getting to meet <laughs> them. I mean, Dr. Wayne, Dyer, like, like his book saved my life yeah. when I was at my lowest point. So getting to bring him through mm-hmm. is definitely probably the high yeah. of, it's like a selfish high. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, okay. like, There's nothing wrong with that though. <laughs> You know, it's a personal high of of my career for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, another high would be, you know, or a big win, kind of a a big fulfilling piece was I I was hired by somebody to bring through their son who was murdered and the people who killed him had gotten away and it, he was able to, he took me through his murder, what happened and and all of that, and it, and it brought his family, you know, deep healing, you know, to know that he was okay um, and to kind of know the backstory. But what he was also able to do was one of his family members in his session asked if he could show us anything that would give a clue about where the person who shot him was. Yeah. And he showed me, he took me into this town. And so I was describing the town and like, they're writing it all down, you know, as I'm talking, cause mm-hmm. I don't even know, you know, I can't like write and <laughs> right. look at the same time. And, and it's funny cause it, the shows like for translation, like I thought what this person was showing me was like long beach. Like that's like what it reminded me of. Mm-hmm. And, but it ended up being when his family shared this with the, it was being investigated by a federal, federal team, mm-hmm. law enforcement team, somebody recognized the description of the town as being a town that was out of the country and they actually were able to go out of the country into this town go like undercover it took like six months to a year I believe but they were able to get the person and bring them back here and he's serving life in prison wow that's and that was like one of the most fulfilling you know, moments by far. No doubt. That's amazing to have had a hand in helping capture this, this guy's killer. Yeah. It's like just even, you know, just that little. Yeah. 
that little bit. And that's what I tell other mediums too. Like, because again, like I would have said, oh, it's Long Beach and it's not, you know, like we don't ever, cause it's, it wasn't for me to know, like he knew he could describe something that the law enforcement agent would connect the dots. Of, right. Right. You know, and, and so it's trusting that if it gets to the right person. Yeah they'll translate it in a way that makes sense. Right. Sarah, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Honestly, well, I mean, of course, being a medium would be a superpower for me. But, um, (laughs) you know, I would say along with that curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my clients, Serena Dyer always talks about, she's like, how I'm like, so non-judgmental. And she's always like, I just don't under you're like you're so non-judgmental like it's just amazing <laughs> and it's not I joke that it's not even so much that it's that I'm so curious about people and I'm so curious in my work about what spirit will say for certain situations right questions that I'm never bored and I'm never judgmental because the curiosity overrides the egoic judgment that I might yeah. have if I didn't have that and I think curiosity has led me to you know connect with all kinds of people in my life and you know try all kinds of things and you know be open to doing readings and be open to writing books and you know it just it really helps me put myself out there and not get too discouraged very cool speaking of success how do you define that word what does the word success mean to you That's a good question. (laughs) We can define success, you know, for ourselves. And I think that's really important to do. For me, there was always a logistical piece of financially being able to, you know, support myself consistently and have a level of financial freedom that, you know, allows me to to live comfortably. Like I was Uh never, you know, it's, I don't need to be a billionaire, but, but to like, have my own business and and be financially independent. Mm -hmm. That was a big piece of success, you know, for me. And, you know, and, and with that, to be fulfilled, to know that I'm making a difference, like to not, that was really like, I I want, I'm very impatient. And so (laughs) I was like, (laughs) my prayers would be like, I need a career where I will see the results of what I'm doing because otherwise I will not stick to it. (laughs) Like, right, I just know right. myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really, you know, to, to have tangible fulfillment, you know, to know I'm making a difference, even to one person, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't even have a parameter. I would like to change the world, but, but, you know, every day it's like, they keep me grounded. You know, my guides, <laughs> like, if I could help one person that day. Yeah that's enough and and so changing that's, the world one person at a time <laughs> exactly so that's really that's my definition of success very cool i like that definition what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it and what was your life like after learning it you know i feel like it probably is in my recovery actually you know from addiction mm-hmm. um doing the thigh will be done prayer every morning And learning the lesson of when my ego is running the show, it will not go well. (laughs) (laughs) And and the, and the lesson that like really letting the divine run the show, like things can happen that are beyond what I could ever conceive possible. Uh And so that's, 
definitely having to go through and it was not an overnight thing. It was an everyday for years process of learning to surrender and learning to trust divine will, you know, to, to lead my life. Like that has definitely been the most life-changing lesson, you know, for me by far. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? So one of my mentors, like I've seen, I've, (laughs) I love having mentors and I love, you know, seeking wisdom. I think it's important to always, you know, be open to learning. So I've definitely received so many helpful tips over the years, but I would say for me, I'm a person who, you know, I'm highly sensitive and highly in tune, obviously. So I love helping people and before my career, you know, really took off, I I would help people in my personal life, maybe not in the most healthy of ways. And my mentor told me, you know, you can pick somebody up out of their stuff. Yeah. But when you put them back down, which eventually you will have to do, mm-hmm. their stuff is still going to be there because it's theirs and they have mm-hmm. to learn to work through it themselves. And that was probably, that really helped me be able to create healthy boundaries in my relationships without feeling so guilty, you know, and and knowing that people have their own stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that you can't fix everybody. Yep. Yeah. Like that. We can't, can't, you can't fix anybody. You can't, yeah. you can't solve their problems for them. No, because it's even my client, you know, like, you know, they have to implement whatever spirit says at the end of the day. So it's yeah. like, you know, we all have to do it for ourselves. <laughs> the self-work, they have to do mm-hmm. the work. You can, yep. you can give them the tools, but you can't do the work for them. Exactly. Like you can tell somebody to meditate, but you can't go make That's them right. meditate every day. <laughs> yeah. Or you can't make them meditate. If they don't want to meditate, they don't want to mm-hmm. meditate. Exactly. <laughs> What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I would say, you know, nature and like seeing different, you know, going on a road trip or, you know, to different landscapes and, you know, that and like, so maybe even I would say travel, but, you know, more nature-based travel because I really like just looking at the ocean, you know, inspires me. And and when I, when I feel in sync with the earth and with nature, I tend to show up as my best self. What is the one common myth that you would like to debunk about your profession? <laughs> Probably a bunch, but <laughs> no. what is one really big one that you'd like to debunk? The biggest one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is probably the fortune teller myth, you know, of where people picture psychics or mediums and and they kind of picture us all being this, you know, person with like gallons of makeup on <laughs> and you know with like sitting with a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, with crystal balls and <laughs> and the tarot cards and not that I'm knocking tarot, but mm. you know, but they're usually in the in this picture that people get and yeah you know, basically conning people saying that you're cursed and you have to pay me thousands of dollars to remove the curse. That is not true. (laughs) (laughs) None of that is 100% false. (laughs) Yes. Like they exist, but they are con artists, not real psychic or mediums. And so that's, yeah, that's definitely (laughs) the big one. (laughs) Oh yes. The, the media has helped fuel that one. I would say. Oh yes, one hundred percent. If you look at <laughs> yeah, shows and <laughs> movies and how yes. we've been portrayed. Yeah. Yeah. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment to me is is really the courage 
to keep showing up, you know, and, and, and to show up truthfully, you know, and, and the permission to be yourself and, and just, um, you know, feeling like an inner empowerment to really show up fully, even when it seems like you're losing or, you know, everything's against you. Like, yeah. just, you know, that's, so I would say, you know, that, that inner courage, okay. you know, that inner fire. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one or one, two, three word answer type things. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word, Sarah? Grounded. Money or fame? Money. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Messenger for the divine. I love it. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their energy. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? That we all come from the same place and we all end up at the same place. Yes. Such an important <laughs> lesson for people to learn. Yes. It, it truly is. It, it's that, I think that would change a lot of things around the world if we could all wrap our heads around that. Yep, I agree. <laughs> What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? I guess, my, I mean, my true desire is for everyone to know that their loved ones are with them. Like, I really wish that people, <laughs> you say I want, but and it's not really for myself, but mm-hmm. but it kind of is because I, I, I would want people to know what I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? I would make people more compassionate around the world and and I would give people like if I could just snap my fingers I would give everyone empathy wow. <laughs> you know and, and the ability to empathize yeah. with everyone else okay entrepreneur life is a roller coaster <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a good description of it for sure <laughs> my favorite way to unwind is going hiking what is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books Gosh, Brennan Burchard's The Motivation Manifesto. I'll have to check that one out. I've never heard of that one, so I will definitely check that out. (laughs) And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) If you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? You know, honestly, like, I feel like it would be so fun to talk to Anthony Bourdain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know like <laughs> right. he's not you know some people might have uh, different answers but uh-huh. to me I loved his curiosity and and I always say I'm like I wish I could bring him through for somebody <laughs> yeah what is your personal motto my personal motto is you know back to that thigh will be done you know or divine will you know let me be a vessel of divine will or live in alignment with divine will and you know, and, and just help make the world a better place, really. I love it. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I would say my mom. And, you know, because she always has stayed true to herself. She didn't have the fear that I had as a kid of, of being different. You know, she really, she never cared if she was different. <laughs> and she's so strong and, you know, and, and she's, she's continued her inner work through her whole entire life. She's never stopped, you know, learning or trying new things. Okay. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or let's call it life lessons or teachable moments? Mm -hmm. And what did you learn from it? I would say probably my biggest, I mean, you know, life lesson teachable moment was, was my rock bottom, 
with alcohol, you know, because it was really, it wasn't just a rock bottom with alcohol. And, you know, what it was, was it was, I was laying on the floor of a public bathroom, you know, so hungover from the night before. Mm-hmm. And that was my rock bottom. You know, I didn't, I didn't need to go lower and to being arrested and all those. I was right. good. I was good there, but it was it was more of a like a soul level in that moment. I was just so done with trying to live how I thought I should be living, mm-hmm. and with trying to force myself to be someone else. Right, and that was really the rock bottom of it. You know, was it was that using alcohol to become somebody else, and when I hit that wall of failing, you know, nothing, nothing was moving forward in my life. I was failing at everything because I wasn't listening, you know, mm-hmm. to myself or, or to God or, you know, the divine. And so that really was the most powerful, you know, failure teachable moment, you know, all of those things to really show me, you know, like, okay, like, and I, I heard this voice in that moment, like, okay, are you done now? Like, are, are you done yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I, I was done. <laughs> that, that was your two by four in the back of the head. You weren't listening yep. to the whispers. So that was your two by four. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Sarah, what would you say is one of your most treasured possessions and why? Probably I have um, a small diamond necklace that was mm-hmm. that my mom gave me on my 21st birthday and it belonged to my grandmother. And okay. that's, yeah, it just, it just makes me feel connected. Yeah. What is one thing you've always wanted to do in life, but never have? You know, I'm a big adventurer. So mm-hmm. probably like, I really want to go to the Amazon. I would love to go like, you know, zip lining or hang gliding, all those all those things, you know, down like, but I've always wanted to feel like at the top of the trees in the rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I'd say to stop comparing myself to other people and to, you know, really give myself permission to, to be different, that we're not all supposed to be the same. The world would be very boring if we were all the right? same. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a very, very boring world. <laughs> yeah. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what do you think that last 30 seconds would sound like? I would tell people, like, you're not alone, you know, and, and you have these you know, beings around you, helping you. And and they're like your eyes in the sky, you know, and, and, and that you create a ripple effect. Like everything is just so much bigger than you could ever comprehend, you know, and from your tiniest action, like how you treat the barista, if you, when you go get your morning coffee, you know, to, to your career, to your family, you know, you, you have an impact on the world and you have help. And so to just, you know, to try to tune into that, to let yourself receive help and to, you know, really take the impact that you have, you know, not, not seriously because spirit always says to lighten up and laugh more, but, but, you know, to take it, (laughs) to know that you are responsible for the energy that you bring into your life and to really like give yourself some depth and some value because you are valuable and, and you do matter. And I think when people know that any, all of us, change the world mm-hmm. you know just by existing beautiful i love it sarah thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey and allow me to come along for the ride it's been 
incredibly educational. I've learned quite a bit. So thank Mm -hmm. you for educating me. And it's just, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking the time to be here and, and welcome you into the Empowerography community. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Sarah Renee. She is a medium, a mentor, and an author based in California. Thank you so much, Sarah. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.